Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession, and estate planning, values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Gary Ringer, founder and president of Life Song for Orphans. Gary and his family are former owners of Ringer Feed and Ringer Foods in Gridley, Illinois. In his book, Radical Business, From Ownership to Stewardship, Gary shares with us the struggles he and his family dealt with in their family business. Many of them sounded familiar to me. His story may help you to look at your life's work with a different perspective. Gary calls it a radical way to impact the kingdom. Hello, Gary. I am so excited that you could join us today on this edition of Family Business Today. Well, thanks, Greg. It's great to be here, and I appreciate what you're doing as well for businesses. Well, great. Well, and families. Well, we're going to have fun today, and uh, I know that uh, everything that you talk about will be a blessing to everyone that listens to our podcast. You recently wrote. Uh, this book we mentioned, Radical Business from Ownership to Stewardship, in which you talk about your work and your family businesses, Ringer Feeds and Ringer Foods. Your story may sound familiar to many of our listeners, but your decision of entering a contract that eventually led to your starting Life Song for Orphans is a tremendous story, and we can talk about that a little later. But right now, after graduating from college, you returned home to Greeley, Illinois to join the family business, Ringer Feed. This was a promising opportunity uh, for you, I am sure. How did joining the family business make you feel in the beginning? And later, were there any regrets? Well, actually, Greg, when I uh, was kind of this free spirit uh, getting out of college, <laughs> I had uh, was a music guy. I loved to play piano and... Um, and I had worked some for Dad in the business a little bit, but frankly, at school, I I was wondering if I'd ever find a place where I could fit in. Uh, I wondered if I could ever really find myself almost. And so, frankly, I went to work for Dad because I didn't know what else to do. And... Um, and I even, the story I tell is I even told Dad after getting out of college, and uh, which he paid for, I told him, hey, Dad, I'm going to take the next six months off first and just learn to play the piano better. <laughs> uh, but that didn't go, go over well with Dad. He says, uh, you get back in the back. We had a little feed company, and he wanted me to get back in the back and just start mixing feed, and he was making me learn the business from ground up. But... One thing I did have is a great relationship with Dad and Mom, and so uh, it was an opportunity. And yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for 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 that journey. You you asked if I had any regrets later. I really actually look back. My dad now is 96. My mom is 93, oh. and they're uh, fading away with forgetfulness. Uh, they still are. Uh, I go to see him a couple times a week, um, so they're still a part of my life. But uh, they were just um, working with Dad, I look back, as one of my 
uh, top blessings in life. I mean, outside of of my salvation and my marriage, oh, the whole family and working with Dad was really a blessing. I'm so thankful for uh, that journey. Oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, I know my father died in '92 uh, in April last year, and uh, and my mother is 92 and is still living and dealing with a lot of the. Uh, uh, struggles of age that brings on physically and mentally so i uh, god bless you and and uh in that too and so and so um uh do you still play any piano <laughs> yeah yeah i have <laughs> i i still play the piano and uh, bang around i'm kind of a banger i uh, play by chords and i'm a good backup guy i can't play classic or anything like that but, okay yeah i, I bang around almost every day just for a little bit that's awesome well so you joined your dad in, in business but being a young entrepreneur you uh you uh you you like many of us wanted to do something on your own so uh i believe you were in your early 30s at the time you started a second business uh, can you tell us about that yeah so so just uh, as a kind of lead you into that you know i started for dad as a scared kid but uh, he he was a really a great mentor, even though I think of uh, fathers now that might be listening to this. At one point, as the Ringer feed story was evolving, I asked Dad for to give me if he could give me more time because he was real involved. He was a lay pastor, and he basically told me at one point he said, "You know, you're going to be glad. You're going to have other friends that that their dads won't let go, and uh, you're going to be glad in time." that I'm just letting go. So I just want to say that about that was one of the cool things about Dad is he guided me, but he also let go. And and we had some success. The business was growing. Um, Ringer Feeds was. So in my early, early 30s, I actually visited a craft plant and uh, the craft cheese. I, I just went from room to room, and I saw the opportunity of a food business much larger than I'd ever seen in a feed business. So we started a second company. The first one was called Ringer Feeds. The second one was called Ringer Foods. So we weren't real original. But, yeah, I started that business. The idea was to be a supplier to uh, not direct retail, but we were using our mixing experience that we had in the feed business to mix different products uh, in the food business. Oh, and so that's how we got started. And I can go on and, and share with you a little bit uh, what struggle, but you go ahead and ask any other yeah, question we'll, you have on that. I, we can get, we'll get into that in a few minutes. But hey, thanks for sharing that. I think with the one key uh, point uh, that you that you gave that I think is really a struggle, uh, uh, especially with father and son, but you know even with daughters as well as this whole thing about transitioning. You you said your dad was willing to let go. I hear it so often. Uh, uh, that uh, next generation will say, you know, Dad says that someday this will all be yours. And I think the biggest question is, is what does that mean? And so having that conversation and you you knowing uh, that your father uh, uh, was a very wise person, by the way, who was willing to say is, you know, son, uh, I want you to learn this from the floor up, in your case, in the back in the feed mill, but then also uh, 
being willing to to let go and to let you uh, uh, take hold. So uh, I commend your I commend your dad for his wisdom, and I'm sure that it did uh, uh, eliminate a lot of conflict that 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 might have occurred in your business. But you know, I, um, I slept pretty good last night, but I. Uh, I still have those mornings where I wake up early in the morning and, uh, you know, and have those 3 a.m. sleepless nights saying, what's happening to me? Uh, You know, and I think all of us who are in business uh, and family businesses especially have experienced a similar sleepless, sleepless night. What was causing the sleepless nights for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I'm just going to share one more tidbit of Dad, and they'll answer the question. Dad told me years ago before when he was walking down our little gridley street of, of roughly 1,000 people at that point, and a friend of his said to him, Hey, Eddie, you're looking down. And, and he told him how he was worried about his business. And that man said, you know, someday, who was also a businessman? And, and you and others are going to understand this. He said, you know, some days I feel like our business is just going to grow and it's just the best thing there ever was, and then the next day I feel like it's falling apart. And and another quote that Dad would say is that people that aren't in business don't understand the fine line between success and failure. Uh, and that I certainly did as we were starting that business. First of all, it was a food business now, and I was used to making people food, if you will, and our pig food, and now I'm making people food, and all of a sudden that reality really hit me. We were losing money, but primarily it was the well, it was the combination of that we're losing money. But I, I was also just overcome with fear, thinking about what's going to happen, or I don't know what I'm doing, and this food product that we're sending out is it going to be safe? And so. Like you said, I got into this pattern night after night, waking up in a cold sweat, and I would lie there thinking all kinds of dark thoughts, like one of them was, God forbid, are we going to kill somebody with this bacteria-tainted food? Uh, and, and things in the middle of the night just look heavy, and that's what happened. I, I went for, it was like for probably in, in the range of three months where it was almost every night, and then I got sleep-deprived, and then when you're lacking sleep, uh, it led into a fairly serious depression. I even had thoughts of suicide. I was never tempted to quit, to commit suicide because of my fear of God. But I was just a mess. And all the while, I had a wonderful wife, three wonderful kids. The feed business was going good. It was just irrational, but it related to not enough sleep and trying something I had no knowledge of of what I was into. Oh, thank, thanks for being uh, very transparent about that, Gary. You know, I, I know in my work with family businesses, I, uh, I hear it so often, uh, People, other people asking them, well, how's business? And the answer is just fine. And when uh, behind the curtain, uh, they're a mess. And I think one of the things that... Um, that really helps so often in those 3 a.m. mornings is is that honestly is just be being honest with those that are close to you that trust you that are not necessarily family members and say you know what 
I'm a mess. Things are things are are really going tough for me right now. Here's what's going on. Here's uh, what advice do you have for me? And then, of course, that other one that you mentioned is is that having a close relationship with God really helps you with that. So, so I, I, I thanks thanks for sharing that with me. And so, uh, after three months, uh, you 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 finally got to sleep, and uh, I look forward to hearing about what caused that for you. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. go, go, ahead. Go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, okay, well, I was just going to share uh, what happened then. As I'm going through that struggle, and I should I should share this, that when we first started Ringer Foods, I was big. I had progressed from the scared kid to now maybe being overconfident. I think I was. <laughs> and I told Marla as we started, babe, we're going to get rich and I'm a, we're going to retire at 40, and I'm going to live the American dream. but Or we're going to live the American dream. But as I was in that now struggle, you know, five, six months down the road, and everything's falling apart, at that point, the American dream didn't mean anything to me. I just wanted my life back, and Ringer Feeds was doing well. Uh, so let's just shut down Ringer Foods. But as um, at the same time, and you know how it is, Greg, as God takes us through struggle, and he breaks us, and and that's when we reach out to him. And so I'm crying out to him night after night, and I just didn't have a piece about quitting. Uh, maybe part of it was pride that I didn't want to fail at something, but I think it overall it was just a... Um, God was preventing me from having a peace, and that, and I started feeling a different mindset, and I felt Him leading me to a different paradigm, if you will, on business. And what that led to ultimately was a handwritten contract that I wrote out. The contract basically it was on a, just on a piece of paper, handwritten, and I said, uh, God, if you bless this business, at this point, the business is total failing. But I basically said, if you bless the business and it all becomes successful and we sell it, what what we'll do is we'll pay ourselves back what we had invested in the business plus interest, plus 8% interest is what the contract said. Anything over and above that would be used for ministry purposes. And Dad, being 50% owner, I went to him with this and to Marla, uh, to make sure that we were all at peace with it. Marla's my wife, and basically uh, we were all agreement. They were glad to see. They knew I was struggling, and we signed that agreement, me and Dad, and that was the really a life-changing event for me. It gave me circumstances didn't change overnight, but it gave me courage and purpose to move forward in a more tangible partnership, if you will, with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, th- thanks for... Thanks for sharing and, and your openness on that. So, you know, um, I, I, t- I talk to a lot of uh, families uh, in, tr- in transition, and there's a lot of conflict. Uh, there's not a lot of harmony uh, uh, in the family because there's misunderstandings over the relationship with business and family and wealth. Um, and uh, I hear this quite often, well, uh, we've talked about that. We've agreed on this, but you you went into a written contract. Um, so w- why is a written contract 
uh, important uh, to to anyone's business and relationships with other family members? Yeah, great question. And in this, remember, this is a really unique contract that it's between us and God. And over time, first of all, it, uh, that written contract for me with God changed my paradigm to where, okay, this is not mine. I mean, I, we'd always talk about this business, even ringer fees, is not ours, it's God's. But now that I was basically saying, however, this will basically pay herself back if this becomes successful, but the rest over and above interest is yours, Lord. It just changed my, um, first of all, that understanding made me, it opened up a new prayer life and a more, I would I would ask God I, 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 more about what do I do. I hadn't prayed a lot before about business, which was shame on me, but frankly, you know, when I had this goal to get rich and retire at 40, it seemed a little bit strange to say, hey, God, bless this business so I can get rich and retire at 40. And, and, but now I'm in this more tangible relationship with him. And, and first of all, I started experiencing him more because my prayer life changed. So that was one part of the journey. But uh, another reason why that contract was really important is later, after the business did succeed and we sold it in 2002, um, Dad was still 50% owner. And frankly, he had forgot, you know, he, he wasn't the guy that went through the struggle. And he forgot about that contract. And so I remember him saying, hey, Gary, you know, half of this goes to you, but the other half I'd like to, you know, ultimately it's going to go to, he had, uh, had a, two, a brother and a sister. So the other, other part will ultimately be split between the three of you. So he had frankly forgotten all about the contract, and then I had it. And I pulled it out, and Dad was a God-fearing man, and when he saw that, he didn't want to go against our vow to the Lord. So that contract was really important as a part of accountability as as well as it initially gave me purpose and courage and and understanding how to go forward that related to a closer relationship with God. Later, it was a piece of accountability that kept us on the path that we had promised to God. So... Uh, that was it was a, a really important aspect that we wrote down this commitment for for all of us. Well, well thanks for sharing that, Gary. And I think I think uh, uh, beyond having a contract with God, though, it was also a contract uh, with you and your dad uh, because you you said that dad had had forgotten about it. So it's it's important to write to have agreements, even when it's family, uh, writing them down so that people don't forget about them, or if some situation such as a death or disability or somebody retires and leaves or whatever is, there's still a written agreement to it there. And I'm sure it also uh, holds uh, you accountable, held your dad accountable uh, to a commitment that you made uh, years before. And I'm sure that you you had other siblings uh, that it also made it much easier uh, to communicate uh, to them uh, what was the agreements were made so that they understood uh, what their part uh, played in both in the sale of the company but also in the distribution of any kinds of uh, funds from the sale of the business. Yeah, that is a great point. You know, I frankly have not even really 
thought about that part that much, but I have a wonderful God-fearing brother and sister, both older. I'm the baby of the family, and they just all understood that that was communicated, um, and and you know they've just blessed me and endorsed me. Where if we but if we didn't have it written down, they would be it would be easy for Satan to get in and, and say, why in the world aren't we getting something here? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, so I. I am totally with you. That that written part just keeps us uh, having a clear understanding of. And and I'm very forgetful by nature. If if it wasn't for that, when Dad said, when Dad had forgot about it, I would have frankly wondered. Well, what did we really commit to? So <laughs> right. it just brings it back to. Okay, here's what we committed to. Is plain. It's been black and white. And your names are signed to it. Right. Right, very good. And, and one last thing I'll say on that. With us, it was easy, too, because we made that commitment when the business had zero value. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So uh, so we, it was easy to give God the glory uh, because we made a commitment when we were just, when I was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like um, uh, uh, you have the, had the perfect uh, family business, and uh, what's that song? Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when when everything is perfect in every way. Uh, uh, but uh, but you say that confrontation is opportunity, uh, so there obviously had to have been some confrontation. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, along the way and various things, I, I by nature, I mean one of my strengths is I don't get upset too quickly. But 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 the weakness that I have, and and I'm not real confrontive. But the weakness I have is if something does need to to be talked about, I'll you know I'll be afraid to talk it out. Mm-hmm. And so, frankly, what happened on confrontation is opportunity. Uh, I was struggling with a couple relationships in uh, in business, um, and. I listened to this tape of a guy where he talked to the Charles Dickens method, and, and it was just a, a, a little tape that I ran. Charles Dickens, he was referring to uh, the Christmas Carol and Scrooge, how he was changed overnight. And so he, he had me go through this exercise on this tape. He said, now think of something that, that you're not taking care of, and now shut off the tape and think about it in one year from now. You're still, same thing is happening. You're not changing anything and then i thought about that for a little bit and i turned on the tape and then he had it you shut off the tape uh three more times and next time you were supposed to think about okay it's two years now then it was going to be five years and then it was going to be 10 years and then it was going to be 20 years you never change and you're still dealing with that same thing Mm -hmm. so then he said now think of some change your paradigm and at that point i was struggling with you know this re- uh, relationships a little bit where I wasn't confronting what I should have, and I came up with that saying confrontation is opportunity because if you do it in the right way, when you confront and you talk it out, that's when healing and change can take place. So yeah, that was I got that saying based on going through you know with the tape five, ten, twenty years of pain never changing so now i try to if it needs to happen i try to confront i still struggle with it because by nature i'm i i would just kind of 
avoid confrontation. Yeah, yeah. Well, it reminds me of working with my father for 17 years in our family business, and uh, uh, we usually had some of our best uh, business arguments at 7 a.m. in the morning uh, at the beginning of, uh, <laughs> of, of the day, uh, but, we, uh, but we always went to eat breakfast uh, at Bucky's Restaurant in our, in our little uh, town that I was from uh, at 7.30 every morning, and some of the people just couldn't really understand why uh, uh, we could have such an argument about business and then go eat breakfast together. And and the simple answer was, well, you know, uh, uh, business is business, but uh, he's still my dad, and we go eat breakfast at 7.30. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's great. And that's good. I'll, I'll share this one thing. At one point, I can remember one time Dad and I were really upset with each other, and frankly, the that night we we were in a drive we drove like two or three hours together that day and we had an argument uh about what you know about business but what happened to me is that night or the next morning i read where in the scripture where it says honor your father and mother that it may be well with you so that convicted me greg and I went back to Dad, and I said, okay, this is what I just read. And so I'm going to honor you. I'm going to be open and tell you what I think. But ultimately, whatever you say uh, is going to go, and I'll submit. Well, frankly, what happened is over the years, and when Dad knew that I was going to submit, then he, he, that put a more of a, a burden on him to be careful what he told me no to. And Marla, uh, through the years, and I would start to ask him, you know, on personal things, should I buy the car? And Dad would go, oh, yeah, you deserve it. And she, she, he became this puppy dog that would almost do too much for me. But it, it came from the fact that I was honoring him and willing to submit, regardless of whether I agreed or not. And that really bore fruit over time, you know, just one of the reasons why it was just a, such a blessing to work with Dad and him with me as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you've uh, you, you talk about your wife Marla uh, an awful lot, and uh, y'all have been married, I believe, forty-one years or, or so. But I, I know right. you talk about you, you made a commitment to Marla that on, that on any major decisions that the two of you have, have have made some type of peace with it before making the decision. I know a lot of times, uh, especially uh, guys that are out there running running their businesses every day and they're making decisions and everything else. And sometimes uh, the wife has absolutely no idea uh, what decisions are that are going to be made, and yet they're going to have uh, make a major effect upon uh, the wife, uh, the children, their family, uh, their security, or whatever. Why is it important uh, for uh, uh uh, husbands or wives to have a conversations with their spouses when they're going to be making a uh, critical decision that may affect their family and their family business. Yeah, well, just with us, I mean, I've been blessed, like you said, 41, going on 42 here uh, in February. We'll have uh, been married 42. Mom and dad have, are right at 72 years. So I've been blessed to been brought up that marriage is sacred and and just to do anything major uh that was just a commitment that i was taught from mom and dad you just don't do that and so there was a lot of things in business that marla didn't know about 
and didn't what didn't really care. She had a lot of trust in me. But if it was major, and an example I'll just uh, share quick is at one point in the Ringer Foods journey, it, the business was starting to become successful, and but we got an offer to sell, and I was interested. And but that's the type of major decision that I'm just not going to do unless Marla is at peace with it. And so what happened? I'm getting more and more interested. Marla's not at peace with. And one night on the way, frankly, to church, we drove by the plant, and I looked at Marla and I said, "I'm mad at you." And she said, "What? Why are you mad at me?" And I said, "Well, because I'm feeling like I'm supposed to. That I'd, I'm interested in selling." We've got three customers, babe. If we lose one of them, we're in trouble. And she said, oh, Gary, you'll figure it out. And I said, well, that's easy for you to say. So, but what happened real briefly, just within the week of that, I was on a plane down to uh, Texas to visit one of the customers, and I was reading a book by Chuck Swindoll. And in that book, he talked about, it was called The Mystery of God's Will, because I'm seeking, what, what am I supposed to do here? And I hadn't told them no yet. And when I read that, there was a part of that book that talked about fear. And I thought of Second Timothy, where, uh, where Paul said, God is not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you know how it is, Greg, when God's talking to you. And I just felt him speaking to me. You're wanting to do this because of fear that night after i did my business i called up marla and i said hey babe i uh, got something to tell you and she said wait i got something to tell you first then she shared with me how she was listening to chuck swindoll same guy i'm reading getting interviewed on the radio and she t- talked about that same fear verse second timothy 1 7 and then she said, kind of real cute, like, Greg, now I don't want you to be mad at me, Gary, uh, and I'll, do, I'll support you in whatever you want to do, but I don't want you to sell out of fear. And then I was able to share her that through a book, the same messenger God used really confirmed it that we weren't supposed to sell. And it was a very, uh, really important as time went on, the reason why that we weren't supposed to sell became evident. So... Yeah, it's, uh, I'm really thankful for a good wife, and I'm thankful I listened then. Otherwise, my <laughs> life would have not been uh, as meaningful as it has been. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So, so you, you eventually uh, sold Ringer Foods. And, and um, here at the Tennessee Center for Family Business, we're always talking to business owners who really just don't know what uh, they're going to do when they have successfully transitioned out of their business, whether they sell the business or they they transition it to their children or to their employees, but they they they're scared they're scared to death, and they really don't know how to use their gifts or skills and experiences to serve others. What did Marlon you decide to do after you sold Ringer Foods? Yeah, that's a great question, and. The, thankfully, you know, I had learned the power of prayer even through the whole struggle before, and we just started a, a general prayer, uh, daily prayer, and and lifted it up. And I will say a couple of people that were influenced, and, and you've heard of Bob Buford, and he wrote the book Halftime, and I would suggest that to for people who are contemplating. But his 
the the book halftime also uh, was from success to significance, and and his point was don't get away from all the skills and experiences that God has taken you through when you go to your next role. If you do sell, if God leads you that way, then use your same gifts and talent in a more direct way, and in a more direct way for the kingdom, if you will. And so as we prayed about that, we wanted to be involved in, you know, I had organizational gifts and skills that had been tuned and fine-tuned over the years. So we wanted to develop some type of, we wanted to use the money for the right purpose, but we wanted to develop some sort of network. And one thing led to the next, and ultimately we felt led to start helping uh, young couples adopt. Years before, uh, Marla had helped, had come home to me after talking to a young couple in our church, and she had um, talked to her and found out that they were wanting to adopt, but it was just going to cost too much for them. And so we had helped that young couple probably 10, 15 years before we ever sold Ringer Foods. And But that was one of the things that God brought back to her mind. And so we, within probably three to four months, two to three months, I'd say, after we sold, we had a vision for how we wanted to use that money, and that was help uh, young couples adopt. Uh, but it was a mutual thing where we were both praying about it together, and we came to a mutual peace about what we wanted mm, to do. No and it's been life-changing. Uh, again, it's a beautiful journey we're really thankful for. So I would say, you know, pray about it with your wife. Use the gifts that uh, you've used in business. Those are unique gifts, but use them in a more direct way for the kingdom. Well, thanks, thanks for sharing that, Gary. That's uh, that's awesome, and also your your partnership with Marla, uh, your relationship uh, with your mother and your father, and uh, you've uh, just uh, how you've been able to truly make that transition from ownership to stewardship is something that I think that all of our listeners uh, will tremendously enjoy. Our guest today has been uh, Gary Ringer, uh, an orphan advocate, founder, and president of Life Song for Orphans. Gary, thank you so much for being our guest on Family Business Today. Hey, it's been my pleasure. God bless you and all uh, those you serve. To learn more about Life Song for Orphans, visit their website at www.lifesong.org or their website radicalbusiness.co to purchase a copy of Gary's book, Radical Business, or you can can go online at Amazon. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. Our passion is to help families deal with the unique challenges of working together in a family business and planning for a successful transition. To learn more about the Tennessee Center for Family Business, visit our website at www.tncfb.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.